So the latest person to reach out to me with what I would call pretty ambiguous symptoms sent this. Hi, I was hoping you would have some input that could help me out. I'm 20 years old and quite honestly haven't felt good since I was about 16. Over the past four years, I've experienced constant tiredness and exhaustion, muscle fatigue, depression and anxiety, brain fog, digestive issues, balance issues, and dizziness. As far as I know, these are all symptoms of inflammation. I've gone to my doctor a few times and never got any answers. I'd like to go back to the doctor knowing what kinds of questions or tests to ask for. On my own, I've started eating better and taking supplements such as CBD and turmeric. The hard part is that I've never been consistent enough with these things to see results. The constant tiredness and muscle fatigue are really impacting my life right now, and so I've decided I need to take more action. Thanks in advance for any suggestions. Could come from dozens of places. This young woman's body is obviously crying out for help, and apparently whatever blood tests or um, exam the MD did has not yielded any results. Hi, I'm Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. Today is going to be all about this, not this one individual, although I'm going to be uh, using that as the catalyst for the discussion, but every individual that has symptoms that maybe they don't quite understand where they're coming from. Again, I'll use the word ambiguous symptoms. You know, they could be coming from thyroid or adrenal or some other type of hormonal imbalance. Uh, maybe it's uh, some sort of a toxic overload of a particular chemical or heavy metal or something like that. Could be deficiency symptoms. Maybe there's gut health issues. There could be a variety of different things. And I have dealt with these types of questions forever. I get them all the time. I love them because it is an opportunity for me to teach a few things that I've learned that can be really, really helpful. So hopefully you'll find help for whatever you're dealing with or any of your loved ones are dealing with as I go through this discussion, as we talk about ambiguous symptoms and what can be done on Vitality Radio. If you have more questions about anything you hear on the show, you can always call us at Vitality Nutrition. That's our brick and mortar store. We've been there for 45 years now, and uh, we are happy to help you no matter where you're at. 801-292-6662 is the number. That's 801-292-6662, or you can check us out online at vitalitynutrition.com. And on VitalityNutrition.com, you have uh, a chat feature now where you can chat directly with me or with my son, uh, Bridger. One of us will respond whenever you uh, send a chat message there. So happy to help you in any of those ways. Let's jump right into the topic of the day. So this young lady, as I said before, I uh, wrote off into uh, the uh, sponsor information there. Her body is crying out for help. That's really what symptoms are. They're a, a cry for help from the body saying, hey, something's wrong. And if you think about something simple like what I did today, I was running down the stairs to get to my office where I record this show. And I'm a pretty short guy. I'm only five foot six. My dad was 5'11". And for the first time in my life on this stairwell that I have traversed hundreds and hundreds of times... I hit my head on the ceiling. I must have been really bounding. 
but I'll tell you what happened is it hurt. I smacked it pretty good. And uh, that was my body. That pain was my body saying, hey, Jared, pay attention. You really don't want to scalp yourself on the way down the stairs next time. And of course, now I have some inflammation. I have a little redness up there. It's a little bit sore and tender, kind of bruised. And because I am also bald, people will be able to notice my affliction uh, because most people are taller than me and there's no hair to cover it up. So if you see me in the next couple of days, that's what happened. My point is, that's a symptom that I know exactly where it came from. I was running down the stairs. I smacked my head on the ceiling, which I never thought would happen. Maybe I'm getting taller. And uh, bam, symptom. But there's these other symptoms that we deal with, and I think oftentimes they are a long time coming. Like we don't notice them coming because they're very, very mild. And then all of a sudden we can't ignore them anymore because they're basically screaming at us to, you know, slow down, stay in bed longer. You're tired or uh, maybe uh, don't eat that food. It doesn't settle well with you or whatever it is. There's all these different things. And even with food, it can be really confusing because people eat whatever they eat and then they don't feel well and they don't know what the what food is in that meal that bugs them. And so then that can even be ambiguous. You know, was it the dairy? Was it the gluten? Was it sugar? You know, what was going on there? So let's go uh, back to kind of how I... Um, how my mind thinks when I get questions like this. This particular question made me think quite a bit, actually, because over the last 35 years, I've spent most of my time trying to help people find what's missing. You know, what is it that is making me feel this way or not making me feel the way I want to feel? And I've, for the most part, been able to do that one-on-one in person at Vitality Nutrition. But now that I've got the podcast and I've had it for several years now and have recently been exposed to a larger audience through being a guest on other podcasts as well as a speaker at some pretty big events, I have been getting a lot more of these questions via text or email or chat message on Instagram or whatever. And those are harder to answer because I can't ask any well, I can, but it's a, you know, it's a back and forth thing and it takes time to ask all the questions that I would like to ask. Whereas if I'm in person, it's just really simple. So what I've done is I've actually come up with a list of questions you can ask yourself. These are basically questions I would ask you if you were standing in front of me, but uh, I think they'll help you understand a little bit more, at least what my thought process is on this. The other thing that came to my mind is, you know, and, and, and I'm very curious, actually, why would a stranger reach out to a guy with a podcast? Um, this individual is uh, now a member of our Vitality Radio listeners community, and she told me that I could, uh, you know, use her question on this show, but uh, I'll keep everything else anonymous. But it's kind of an interesting thing because she doesn't know me. I've never met her. Uh, she recently joined the community just in the last week or so, and I'm assuming she found me on Instagram or or something like that. I'm really not sure how she found me. But why would she reach out to someone like me, a guy with a podcast in a health food store? Well, there's a lot of potential reasons, and I didn't ask her why she chose to ask me, but I wonder if maybe part of it's desperation. You know, her message sounded um, frustrated a little bit to me and confused, like, okay, 
I'm sick of feeling this way. I need to do something about it, but where the heck do I start? That kind of feeling. And I think that sums it up pretty well. So maybe there's a little bit of desperation because maybe she's tried the things that she knows to try and hasn't, you know, made the progress that she'd like to make. Or maybe it's just a shot in the dark, you know, hey, it's worth a shot. Maybe it can help. Maybe it'll give me some good information. Or maybe it's that big one called overwhelm. Maybe she has considered a bunch of different options. Maybe you can have considered a bunch of different options and maybe tried a few of them, a few of them, you know, because there are a lot of things that might parade through your mind when you start contemplating your health issues. Should I go to a doctor? If so, should I go to a regular MD or maybe a specialist? Do I need to go to my regular MD to get referred to a specialist? Uh, what about a naturopathic doctor or a homeopath or a chiropractor or a functional medicine doctor or an herbalist or a kinesiologist or a shaman? The options are quite literally endless. There are so many different ways that you can choose to try to take care of your health and so many different people who you could potentially trust to help you along that journey. And the problem is when you look at a list like that, and then you look maybe at, uh, you know, a, a podcast like mine where I talk about, you know, magnesium does this and probiotics do that. It can get a little overwhelming where you think, okay, so yeah, I get that all that stuff might be good, but who do I start with? Where do I start? Can you make this a little bit more simple? And that's kind of my hope with this episode is to simplify it. Although none of this is truly simple, I want to give you... Uh, the tools that you need to maybe uh, help you get at least on the path towards the wellness that you're looking to achieve. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not legally allowed to diagnose illness or prescribe any kind of medication, natural or otherwise. And frankly, I'm not particularly well equipped to diagnose illness. So when I see this message and it says the symptoms are constant tiredness and exhaustion, muscle fatigue, depression and anxiety, brain fog, digestive issues, balance issues, and dizziness, a lot of things come to my mind. You know, it could be um, an adrenal problem. It could be a pancreatic problem. It could be a thyroid problem for sure. It could also be a gut microbiome problem. It could be a combination of those things. There could be some hormonal imbalances that maybe aren't easily spotted on a blood test. There's a lot of possibilities, but the truth of the matter is, if I were to, if she were to ask me directly, hey, what is this? I would have to say, I don't know what it is. And I would venture a guess that it's not just a thing. There are multiple different things at work here. But it doesn't take a doctor to recognize that, in fact, I would say a lot of doctors choose not to recognize this fact, that we are, to a very large degree, what we eat, you know, what we intake, uh, and most doctors won't immediately ask you when you give them all those, that list of symptoms, you know, what are you eating? They certainly should. But most of them aren't going to, and they're more likely to say, well, let's look at the symptoms and see what kind of pharmaceutical we can come up with to help you with these symptoms. So I like to think about it a little bit differently. I like to think in terms of, you know, what does the body need and what is it not getting that it needs? 
And then is there anything in my body that it doesn't need that might be kind of jamming up the works, any kind of toxicity that might be creating a problem? And there are a bunch of questions that you can ask yourself that can help you make these determinations that you don't need someone like me or a doctor or a naturopath or anybody else to help you with. These are all things that you can kind of self-help just by asking these questions. You can uncover a ton of information. And you need to be as clear and honest with yourself when you're asking these questions as you possibly can be. So what's the list of questions? Well, question number one is, what is my antibiotic history? And what does that even mean? Well, if you haven't heard me talk about antibiotics and the massive potential damage that they can cause inside the human body, um, I'm this show's not about that, but I will spend just a couple of minutes talking about it because it matters really, really a lot. Um, so the antibiotic history means, is there an antibiotic in, in my history? I don't care if you're 20 years old like this young lady or you're 120 years old. The first question is, have I been on antibiotics? And if you are a typical American, you've been on many. So then the second question is even more important, and that is, was I on antibiotics uh, during the first four years of my life when my, my baby body was building my adult microbiome? Because that's what happens during those first four years. So then the other questions that would come along with that is, was I born as a C-section child or did I have a vaginal birth and was I breastfed? And if so, for how long? If you were breastfed for 12 to 15 months, you probably got what you needed from mom as far as your microbiome goes. If you were lucky enough to not be a C-section, then you probably got what you needed in terms of going through the birth canal, which is huge. And then the only thing, the, the primary thing that would stand in your way after that then would be your antibiotic history. If there was even one antibiotic in the first four years, odds are you're, you don't have a fully formed adult microbiome. And we, we know that from the studies that have been done. And does that mean that you're stuck there forever and ever? Well, no, I think you can rebuild that and get it even stronger than it was. But then the question is, how many antibiotics have you been on? Was it two or three or four for ear infections or whatever as you, when you were young? And how many have you been on as an adult, uh, whether it be for your teeth or for a surgery or for a sinus infection or a urinary tract infection or a lung infection or whatever, skin infection, uh, a fungal thing, all kinds of things that doctors prescribe antibiotics for. And if you've been on a few, especially if they were in the first few years, then you probably have an understocked microbiome, as I like to call it. And if that's the case, then you always have to start there. If you were a C-section child or you weren't breastfed or you weren't breastfed for long, then you also probably have an understocked microbiome and you'd want to start there. So those questions matter a lot and they all three go together. Um, what about sleep? Ask yourself that question. And there's two questions to ask about sleep, I think. One is, how much good sleep do I get? And number two is, do I allow myself enough time to get the sleep that I need? According to Matthew Walker, the author of uh, Why We Sleep, who I think very well might be the most uh, educated man on sleep in this world, uh, he says that adults that aren't allowing themselves eight hours are cutting themselves short and living in a deficit in almost every case. He says seven to nine, 
Um, but he believes that the vast majority of us need about eight hours. And if that's the case, then are you even allowing yourself that much sleep? Are you going to bed at 10.30 and getting up at 6.30, for instance? And if you're not, and you are intentionally um, giving yourself only six or seven hours, that's something that can be fixed and needs to be fixed. Now, if you're not sleeping well, even though you're allowing yourself plenty of time, then maybe tune into my episode 265, where I talk 100% about sleep and how to get better sleep. And I've had many people tell me that just the lifestyle things I mentioned in there made a huge difference in their sleep pattern. So first questions, all about your antibiotic history and how you were raised during that first few years of life. Next is, what are you doing for yourself when it comes to sleep or doing to yourself when it comes to lack of sleep? And then the next one has to do with what are you eating? Now, this is perhaps the biggest challenge for most of us when it comes to our health. Are we willing to make a significant enough shift in our food to feel better with our health? So some simple questions to ask. What percentage of my meals are eaten out? Because if you're eating out, you know as well as I do, you don't know exactly what's in there. You can generally assume that the quality of the food is not super premium. And unless you're eating at some sort of an organic type restaurant, which more and more of those are popping up, then you're probably getting a lot of you know pesticides and herbicides and all that kind of crap in your food as well. So how much of that is is going into your body. What percentage of food comes from packages? Now, that's a little bit of a tough question because if you're, there are packaged foods that aren't bad for you. I am a, you know, a guy who (laughs) doesn't spend as much time in the kitchen as I probably should. And I do rely on some packaged foods, but I buy organic And I am very, very cautious about what's, you know, on the ingredients label. And I do as much as possible try and make things from scratch. But if you're buying typical packaged foods, uh, you know, the stuff you can get in a 48-pack at, uh, you know, Costco or whatever, then in many cases you're probably doing additional harms to your body. So what percentage of your meals are, are processed, highly processed foods, and what percentage are eaten out, um, especially fast food? And then the you know kind of flip side of that question is what percentage of your diet is organic? If it's a very small percentage, that's a change that you can start to make that can make a big, big difference. And you can start with what's called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. If you type in the dirty dozen to Google, Google will tell you that it's a great Western movie. Um, that uh, and, and it is. It is it's, it's a good show. Um, Actually, that's The Magnificent Seven. It's a good war movie. Sorry, The Dirty Dozen. Um, But uh, that's not what we're looking at. Uh, Type in ewg.org, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15, and you can find what I'm talking about where they actually give you some tips on the cleanest non-organic fruits and vegetables versus the dirtiest non-organic fruits and vegetables. And that's a good place to start. What's my sugar intake like? Am I taking in a lot of sugar? particularly processed, refined sugars? Am I eating a lot of pasteurized dairy products? Uh, Do I consume artificial sweeteners, colors, and that kind of stuff? And am I getting a lot of seed oils, cotton seed oil, and 
canola oil and peanut oil and soybean oil and corn oil and things like that. These oils are not good for us. They are very pro-inflammatory. And we should be looking to make the switch as much as possible to anti-inflammatory fats such as coconut oil, um, olive oil, avocado oil. Those are all good ones from the vegetable family. And then even good, clean tallow or lard are, and, and raw butter, if you can get raw butter, but certainly at least organic butter, are excellent options for good, clean, healthier fats that won't create massive amounts of inflammation. So that's the diet questions for you. Those are all things that can be shifted that don't have to be necessarily fixed completely, but can be shifted that can potentially yield some really great results. Now, one thing you can do is you can eliminate one of those things, say sugar, for instance, or pasteurized dairy. And I mentioned pasteurized dairy because I don't believe raw dairy is the culprit in the vast majority of cases. Raw dairy doesn't cause a problem, but pasteurized dairy often does. So you can eliminate one for a couple of weeks and see if you feel better when you eliminate that one thing. And that's one way that you can figure out if there's something in your diet that's really creating issues. The next question is, what's going on with my gut? Am I regular? Do I go to the bathroom with a good, um, well-formed, we'll say, bowel movement every day at least once? Or do I deal with diarrhea or constipation? Am I not going at least once a day? Uh, That's a big, big question. And if you're not, then that means that kind of flips back up to what happened with the the first question with the antibiotic history that there's probably some gut repair that needs to be done. How much soda am I drinking daily? If you're a soda drinker at all, you're doing yourself a major disservice, but uh, in particular, if you're a heavy soda drinker, and that would be the first thing that you may want to start look at, looking at reducing or eliminating. And then how much movement uh, do I have every day? Because I feel fatigued and dizzy and have brain fog and my muscles ache in this case, am I not moving because of that? Am I staying more stagnant? And if that is the case, you're, you're resting, which is not a bad thing, but you're not moving, which is a bad thing when it comes to your body being able to detoxify. Remember, your lymph system is basically set up to detoxify your body through movement. So spending some time on a, a, a you know, even something like a treadmill, walking around the block, uh, doing something on a little rebound trampoline, uh, vibration plates, anything like that can be very, very, very helpful in this case as well. Am I getting enough unblocked sunlight? Am I going out into the sun and getting enough sunlight on skin that hasn't got sunblock all over it? Uh, You know, 15, 20 minutes a day of good sun exposure is incredibly good for you. And frankly, vitamin D deficiency, specifically vitamin D that we get from the sun, uh, could lead to any of these symptoms. Um except for maybe perhaps the dizziness, but uh, yeah, probably not so much the digestive issues, but the brain fog, depression, anxiety, muscle fatigue, constant tiredness, exhaustion, all of those could have to do with just not enough sunlight and vitamin D. And then the last question is, and this is probably, I, I bet this, the answer is the same for most people, but when was the last time I did anything specifically to detoxify my body? Uh, even if it was something as simple as an Epsom salt bath or a bentonite clay bath 
or some sort of liver cleansing herbs or a juice fast or anything along those lines. And if it's been a while or you haven't done much of that, if any of that, then that's the next thing that you'll definitely want to consider is detoxifying some of the crap that is in there. But the real question for me, once you've gone through this list, is what am I doing or not doing that is directly involved in preventing me from obtaining optimal health? You know, what is it that I can do differently that can really give me the optimal health that I'm looking for? And what is my body truly capable of if it's given the fuel that it really needs? What can my body do if the toxic load is lessened and no longer blocking my normal flow of hormones and neurotransmitters? And what if I have both of those things? I get all the nutrition that I need and I detoxify all of the toxins. Then what will my body do? Well, the answer can be almost miraculous. And this is really health at its most basic level, just allowing the beautiful, amazingly designed body that you were blessed with to do what it normally does really in the background if it just has the material it needs to do it. I did a show a few months back, episode 238, and it was called, Who Can You Trust With Your Health? It's basically my philosophy on how to take charge of your own health. The truth is most of us aren't so sick that we have an emergency on our hands. And it certainly sounds the case in this young woman's uh, situation. She's not dying of these symptoms. She's frustrated with them and she doesn't feel well. And I would anticipate at 20 years old, she's concerned that she's going to have a life, a long life of not feeling good. And that's no fun, especially since she's already been dealing with it for 20% of her life from the time she was 16 years old. So most of us are kind of in that same situation. We don't feel optimal. We don't have the vitality that we want. We just struggle generally to feel great. And really, that's kind of good news because it means that we have time. It's not an emergency. We don't have to make every one of these changes right now. We can make them step by step. And we can pay attention to the process and pay attention to the results as we go along. Momentum is a powerful, powerful thing. You'll see it in sporting events all the time. You'll see one team is down 42 to 7 at halftime. And then they score a couple of touchdowns in the second half. And all of a sudden they think they can win again. And the first team starts getting demoralized. And the second team is thrilled because, hey, Now it's only 42 to 21. Well, that's how it is with our health as well, I think. A lot of it's momentum. I witnessed this. If you didn't hear Jen's story, which, uh, shoot, I think episode, well, I'm not going to guess, but uh, it's just a few episodes ago. I don't remember the number off the top of my head and forgot to put it in my notes. She, that's what happened with Jen. She continued, she started small. And she tried this and it helped. And so then she tried this and that helped a little bit more. And then she was willing to try this and this and this. And as she moved through all of these things and got more and more momentum and started feeling better and better and better, there was less and less that she wasn't willing to do to finally achieve the kind of health that she really feels like she deserves and that she wants. 
And I see that all the time. So don't let overwhelm keep you stuck in illness because it will if you let it. Overwhelm is a powerful, powerful, oh, it's, I don't know if you consider it an emotion, but I think it has to be considered an emotion. It's a powerful one because it can stop you from even trying. And if we stop trying, we ain't never going to get nowhere, right? So let's look at this from the perspective of I'm not in an emergent situation. I don't need to be in an ambulance rushing to the ER. I just don't feel as good as I want to feel. What can I do now? And that brings me back to a place I often return, what I call my vital five. Now, I just did episode 242 a couple of months ago where I hit the vital five in kind of rapid fire, about 10 minutes on each of them and tell you what they are, why it matters, and what to what to take. So if you want to dig into 242, I've had a lot of people tell me that's one of the best episodes, the most useful episodes that I've done. Uh, you can do that. But the Vital Five is basically the five things that I think most adults in America would benefit from taking on a regular basis as supplements because we simply aren't getting them in our diet uh, like our ancestors used to for the most part. And so the first thing is what's missing. But the next thing is, and, and maybe it's one and one A in this case, what's in the way? What's in my body from a toxic imbalance that uh, needs to be cleaned up and get out of the way so my body can do what it normally wants to do? And it's interesting because I would anticipate, especially in the case above, a female who started having these issues at 16, she's now 20, and uh, it feels worse uh, than she had uh, before. It seems like it's, these are kind of progressive based on the, the tone. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I anticipate she hasn't made great progress here. Um, more often than not, we're going to have some sort of hormonal imbalance. Now, you can go to a doctor, and if you go to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor, you may even get the right blood tests, you know, really good comprehensive blood tests that tell you a lot about your hormonal health. And all of that can be very, very useful, and I wouldn't necessarily discourage that. But there are some things that you can do, short of blood tests, short of visiting a practitioner, that are just self-help things that can get you to a point of a much better health picture and so that you can really see what your body can do on its own. Because my philosophy is really pretty simple. And that is, let's at least get the body to the point where it can do what it can do on its own. And if there are still things we need to do for the body, potentially supplement a hormone, for instance, you know, maybe a bioidentical hormone or, uh, you know, thyroid hormone or something like that, then that's fine. But let's let the body do its thing first and get as far as we can with that and then decide if maybe some sort of medical intervention is necessary. Now, again, I'm not your doctor. I'm not anybody's doctor. Um, but again, these are things that I figure if it's not a um, if it's not an emergent situation and I'm not dying and I just want to feel better, then why not try some things that are simple Um some more simple than others. I know eliminating soda doesn't sound simple for some people, for instance. Uh, but these are things that can be done uh, safely and in most cases, in my experience, can make a really, really big difference 
and how you feel. And then you can get to a point where you feel like, okay, I've done what I can do and I still have some more room to go. Maybe now it's time to, you know, look into something a little bit more aggressive, uh, maybe reach out to a, uh, a doctor of some sort and, and see if I can get some help, get some more information from blood tests, that kind of thing. So again, overwhelm, throw that aside. I'm not saying that every question that you answered needs a solution right now, but there are a few things that you can do that are pretty universal that I don't think are overwhelming to most people that we can at least get started with. And that's what I'm going to recommend because I don't have a diagnosis for this individual. And even if I could legally diagnose this individual, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where to start as far as a diagnosis goes. But I do know where to start as far as giving the body what it needs. So first, look at the vital five. There are other things potentially uh, that aren't in the vital five that could be very helpful if this is a thyroid situation, and it very well could be, then iodine could be extremely helpful. And if you go by the people that I think have the best information and research on iodine, I usually recommend about 12 and a half to 25 milligrams a day, at least for a while to, to give, and by, by a while, I say about three months to see what the body can do when the thyroid is nourished with iodine. That's something that's not in the Vital 5 that I consider to be very safe and that you could certainly look at as well. But the Vital 5 covers the bases so universally for, for, for most people that it's always where I start. And I didn't come up with the Vital 5 and then start recommending it. I came up with the Vital 5 based on years of recommendations and research and realizing that almost everybody I talked to, almost no matter what their symptoms were, got help through addressing these five areas of deficiency. Probiotics. Now, this is especially big if your symptoms are gut-related, mental health-related, or hormone-related. Now, Yes, that means almost all symptoms, but that's how important probiotics are. It's how important the microbiome is. But if you answered no to uh, being breastfed or no to being uh, a, uh, or yes, sorry, to being a C-section or yes to having antibiotics, especially antibiotics in the first four years, then yeah, your microbiome needs help. And so you can always start there because the worst case scenario with rebuilding your microbiome as your immune system will come along and be stronger, your digestive health will almost always improve, and believe it or not, your mental health will almost always improve because if you do it correctly, and I will sound like a broken record again here, but I'm going to do it, spore-forming probiotics, the right ones, Bacillus subtilis, Bacillus coagulans, Bacillus clausi, and then my favorite yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. These ones are the ones that rebuild the gut better than anything I've ever seen. And uh, I developed a product specifically with those four in it called Precision Probiotic uh, Vital Spores is the name of it. And uh, that is where I would always recommend starting and do that for a minimum of three months. And if you've been dealing with this for four years, probably a minimum of six months before you, um, you know, gauge too much how much it's helping. Most people feel better within the first month, 
but it gets better as you go and rebuild and restock those shelves. Now, digestive enzymes are another one of the vital five that a 20-year-old may not actually need. She may not be deficient in digestive enzymes. However, she does say that she's having digestive issues, and she's also struggling with fatigue, and digestive enzymes can help a lot in both of those areas. So adding digestive enzymes with each meal could be a short-term uh, more of a symptom relieving type of a thing uh, in the case of this young lady. But if you're over 30 or 35, you can almost guarantee you need digestive enzymes with your meals. And if you add them, you'll find that you're less tired after you eat. You'll find that there's far less, if any, gas or bloating, or reflux and these things that you have after you eat because enzymes make it so much easier for the body to digest and assimilate food. It makes a big difference. So in the case of a 20-year-old, maybe just use the enzymes for a couple or a few months until the probiotics have done their thing and then see if you can do without them. You certainly could do that. Uh, but anybody older than that listening that's struggling with some of these things, enzymes, I think, would make a lot of sense. Omega-3. Now, she mentions in her question that uh, she thinks these are all related to inflammation. And, of course, inflammation is kind of a chicken or the egg situation where you don't know if you are inflamed because you have a condition or you're inflamed and it's causing a condition. And in some cases, it's both. But absolutely correct to think there is inflammation uh, involved in these symptoms, and omega-3 plays a major role right at the top of the inflammatory cascade. If you don't have at least two to 3,000 milligrams of good, clean omega-3 fish oil every single day, you're probably deficient, and your inflammation will uh, stay higher than it normally would. But also, you know, brain fog was mentioned and fatigue and all this stuff. Omega-3 is so critical for the cardiovascular system and the brain that it can play a role in all of those things as well and certainly can play a role in the muscle achiness that was mentioned. Uh, magnesium. I can't think of a single thing I would recommend first for anybody that says that they're dealing with muscle fatigue and muscle uh uh, soreness, achiness, that kind of thing, because magnesium is so critical for the muscle tissue itself to be able to relax and calm down and be less tight, which then also can aid in sleep uh, substantially. It plays a massive role in anxiety and stress, uh, which was mentioned as well. So magnesium is, is absolutely big here as well. And magnesium glycinate, of course, is always the one that I recommend there. And then a great multivitamin. Now, I will say this. Um, this individual mentioned that she had cleaned up her diet some. Now, I don't know what that means. And everybody's definition of a clean diet is pretty different from everyone else's. But uh, hopefully the list that I gave you as far as the things to potentially avoid or at least consider avoiding, because I didn't mention gluten on there, but gluten can be a major thing. And if you haven't tried going gluten-free for a few weeks, then you probably need to do that as well. But... Um, the multivitamin is more of a gap filler. It's basically if you're not eating real clean, uh, you're not eating mostly organic and all that kind of stuff, um, a multivitamin can really fill the gaps. And even if you are, uh, you're not going to get too much of the things in a good multivitamin. But again, that doesn't mean something like Centrum. Um, you can refer to many of my podcasts as to why you don't want that stuff. Um, but uh, there are many great multivitamins uh, that are food-based multivitamins. Uh, my Ultimate Vitality Multi is my favorite. I'm having an impossible time getting that right now. Uh, 
Uh, so uh, if you come looking for that, it will say zero in stock uh, on the website. And of course, we won't have it in store either, but we're hoping to have it in the next couple of weeks. There are some other great ones. If you're looking for brands, uh, great multis, the ones that I trust, I love Life Essence. Life Essence is a brand out of Las Vegas that makes excellent multivitamins. I also love the Whole Earth and Sea multivitamins from Natural Factors. Those are probably my two favorites, um, along with, of course, my Vitality Multi. Now, so that would be covering the bases in terms of making sure there's enough nutrition in the body. And it doesn't cover every base. It just doesn't. There are so many possible other deficiencies that could be there. But Again, these cover so many of the most common deficiencies that in many cases, the body gets enough of these key things and all of a sudden performs at a much, much higher level than it ever could without them. It's, uh, you know, so many different analogies, but we'll say high octane gas versus, you know, regular fuel or whatever. When you give your body the true fuel it needs and you cover all of those nutritional bases as best you can, then the body has the tools that it needs to run optimally. And the reason I always say start with the vital five is simply because they're the most common deficiencies that almost all of us deal with. So probably you're deficient in these things, almost definitely, because you're an American living here, eating like we do. And if you are deficient in these things, you're going to see improvements in a lot of areas. But if you're not deficient in these things, then adding a little extra for a little while, not seeing results, isn't going to harm anything at all. So it's not a difficult thing to implement because you almost definitely need them. And what you may find too, is that you'll actually feel better in other ways that you weren't complaining about in your um, question to me. So that's the vital five probiotics, digestive enzymes, omega-3, magnesium, specifically glycinate for most people, and a great whole food-based multivitamin. That's where I always recommend that you start. And then what's in the way? Well, that's a good question. And this is one where the right types of tests uh, from the right type of doctor, usually a naturopath or a, a holistic practitioner of some sort, can potentially help you a little bit more. And you may even find some additional uh, deficiencies. Uh, this is one place where you can look at B vitamin deficiencies in these blood tests. And depression, anxiety, low energy can all be B vitamin uh, deficiencies. Uh, there could also be a problem with uh, the MTHFR gene mutation, which I'm planning on doing a full show on very, very soon. Um, and that's one thing that you can kind of try to rule out by taking a methylated B complex and see if the methylated B complex makes a big difference. Uh, it can, and in many cases does make a really big difference, especially in depression and anxiety. And I don't point it out often enough probably in those areas. Uh, but uh, the methylated B complex is another thing that you know could be considered that's very, very safe uh, that could answer some questions for you as well. But let's talk about the detoxification side. So I'm a big believer in allowing your body... Um, a little extra support for detoxification a few times a year. Now, you will read, if you Google, uh, you'll read that uh, 
you know, liver detoxification is of no use uh, and potentially dangerous. Um, the Google gods are fantastic at putting front uh, forward the best misinformation they can find <laughs> on health, and they do that in the uh, way of uh, sharing us, uh, sharing with us things like uh, WebMD and the Mayo Clinic and all these things that poo-poo any kind of natural alternatives. Um, we love Google. Uh, there, it's such a useful tool, right? Like if I want to find a really great local place to go bowling or uh, eat a, a nice clean dinner, Google's a really, really useful tool. If I want to find uh, the local health food store or, uh, you know, a flight, wow, super great. But if you want to find health information, well, Google, maybe not your best bet. So you might want to consider downloading the Brave browser. I don't make any money off of Brave. I don't even know who they are. But I do know that it's, uh, so far anyway, seems to be an uncorrupted browser where you can find a little bit more information. I have it and Google because Google will give me some stuff that Brave doesn't seem to be able to find for me. Uh, it's certainly not as robust uh, as Google is, but uh, you can find some really good stuff. And instead of the Google, you know, hey, uh, you know, your mental health stuff, uh, well, it's um, it can't be addressed by uh, natural things. It only need it. Well, I mean, basically, what we're saying is, if it's not evidence-based medicine, oh well, okay, I get that. There's evidence, but like, if it's not the approved evidence-based medicine, according to you know the powers that be of pharma and FDA and CDC then we're not going to put it on the top page or maybe even the second page or the third page. You get the idea. So if you want to get this information, you have to dig a little bit deeper. But I will say this, liver detoxification matters. And I will agree with what the uh, Google gods uh, say on sites like WebMD, where they say that you know, your liver is an amazing tool and it detoxifies itself very efficiently and uh, doesn't always need a bunch of support. I think that's true to some degree, but uh, we live in this really, really dirty world. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, it's filthy. We got all these toxins everywhere. We've got thousands and thousands of approved chemicals that have no human testing on them at all, individually, let alone in conjunction with each other. We're swimming in toxic soup on a regular basis. Now, our ancestors' livers were probably quite capable of getting rid of that crap that was in their environment, but they didn't have the load that we have. And there is such a thing known as body burden, where the body just can't handle any more toxicity before it stops functioning optimally. And so if we just ignore Google for a minute and assume that it wouldn't be a bad idea to let our livers or to give our livers a little bit of support, then maybe we'll feel better. So let's look at that. There are a few ways that you can go to detoxify your liver. There are a lot of different herbs that are really, really great. Dandelion is my favorite. It's universal and amazing for the liver and the kidneys. And you can literally get the greens right out of your 
yard if you want and use dandelion that way. You can also get it in a capsule form. Dandelion with milk thistles, probably about as strong a one-two punch in the herbal world that you can get. And there's a product called Liver Clean made by Ridgecrest Herbals that I love. There's a product called SP13 from Solaray that I really, really like as well. Um, there are several others that are very, very good. I also love uh, something called NAC. Now, NAC, uh, thanks to, uh, yeah, censorship, is not even available online from a lot of places, including vitalitynutrition.com. I've talked about this before on the show, so I won't belabor it, but NAC is fantastic for the liver. It's one of the most powerful boosters of, of glutathione, which is the most powerful human uh, antioxidant and big for the liver. So adding NAC to enter any herbal liver cleanse or potentially using purity uh, from Life Seasons, which I really like, or liver fix from... Um, myogenics. Both of those are very, very good. And both of those are available through Vitality Nutrition, but you would have to call us to get those. 801-292-6662 is the number for those. But the other thing that goes hand in hand with this for this particular person would be a product called EstroSense. EstroSense is a very, very mild liver detox. What I would suggest in this case anyway, is a 30-day liver detox with one of the uh, above-mentioned products. And frankly, I think any of them would work uh, very well in this case. And then follow that up with EstroSense. Now, EstroSense is, um, there's a men's version also called AndroSense. So EstroSense or AndroSense, um, but they both do the same thing. What it does is it detoxifies and helps the body to break down and metabolize these chemical estrogens that are, we're breathing in, through everything from perfume and cologne to scented candles to automobile exhaust to all these other petrochemicals that are in all the body care products and so on and so forth. I believe that the root cause of many, many hormonal imbalances in this country are those chemicals and that these are things that our ancestors did not have to deal with. It's a big, hairy problem, and it causes a lot of issues. Everything from severe PMS symptoms to severe menopausal symptoms to low testosterone to infertility to low energy to brain fog to moodiness and depression and anxiety. All of those things can be linked to that type of toxicity. So getting rid of that stuff matters. And I recommend a minimum of about three months on the EstroSense or the AndroSense to give it enough time to do its job. But again, as I said with the probiotics, it doesn't take three months to notice results. I have so many people who are such big fans of EstroSense and AndroSense because they feel so much better within just a month or two. So that's, um, that's where I would get started is all in there. And I do need to bring one point up that's really important. Before you start detoxifying the liver or doing the EstroSense or the AndroSense, you want to make sure that the question about regularity is answered and it needs to be answered yes, at least one good bowel movement per day. If you're not, you do run the risk of trying to detoxify your system in a way that is ineffective and potentially actually could cause more problems. And this is what I mean by that. The liver doesn't have an outdoor. It is a phenomenal detoxification center for the body. It does amazing things in that way. But there's no outdoor. The outdoor for the liver is the bowel or the kidneys. And 
if the bowel's not moving like it should, we can break down and metabolize these toxins and then put them right back up into the bloodstream if they can't get through the colon and into the toilet where they belong. And therefore, we want to make sure that we've got regularity of at least once a day before we start liver detoxing. And if you're not getting that, then the first places to start would be the probiotics and the magnesium, probably the digestive enzymes as well. Those are all huge for regularity. And then if you need to, a little extra support from something like Cascara Sagrada or Lean and Clean or something like that to get things moving. Um, Optimally, we get the gut in such good shape that it doesn't need help moving the bowel and everything is going as it should be. So the whole idea behind today's episode was to take what is a one, you know, the questions of one individual looking for support and understanding on how to better take care of her health and try and apply it across the board to just about anybody that's got these symptoms that they're just not, not quite sure why they don't feel like they want to feel. I would dare say that the majority of us don't feel as good as we want to feel all of the time, including me. And I know better, but I don't always do better, right? So we all are dealing with our own, I don't know what you want to say, habits, inadequacies, whatever it is. But if we can come to the core, if we can come to the root and say, okay, What I do know and what I do believe, and I hope I've made a compelling enough argument that you do believe this now, is that my body can heal itself, it can detoxify itself, and it can function beautifully if I just give it what it needs and get out of its way. I hope that that message got through. I hope that it was helpful. I know I talked about a lot of things here and uh, it, and gave you lots of questions to think about. But again, I hope it was helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. You can call us at, the, at Vitality and ask any questions you have, 801-292-6662. If I'm not there, I've got a great team there ready and willing to help you out. That's 801-292-6662. Even if you're planning on ordering on the website any products or whatever and you want to talk to a real person, call there. If you want to chat with us through the website, you can do that. And odds are you'll get me when you do the chat. And I'm happy to answer questions as as, uh, well as I can on vitalitynutrition.com. And uh, uh, let's see, what else? Oh, you can also hit me up on uh, the Instagram uh, at... Vitality Nutrition Bountiful is where I do most of my Instagramming, but I have also at Vitality Radio on there as well. And uh, you could, if you choose, join our Facebook community. That's how this individual's uh, information got all over this episode. Um, I ask routinely how I can improve the show, uh, what I should talk about next, what people are interested in, and I'm trying to get all of those topics uh, in on uh, as many episodes as I can uh, coming up. So uh, if you want to join the community and you're on Facebook, uh, there will be a link in the episode description here. I have to wrap up. Um, I will do so with one more little quick thing. Um, when this episode comes out, it'll be October 29th. And October 29th, for those of you who are local 
to Vitality is uh, one of our VIP sales. And you'll know if you're a VIP because you get our emails or our texts saying, hey, uh, we're having a VIP sale. So if you're local, come on in. The whole store is on sale for you, and we would absolutely love to have you. If you are not local and you uh, work with us through our website, we are doing something special for this promotion online as well. Uh, most of my formulas will be on some sort of a, a discount just this weekend only. Uh, so that'll be Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I might carry it through till Monday. We'll see. But uh, and then we're going to have a bunch of other unique promotions going on this weekend on the website. They're a little different than what we normally do. A little bigger deals and discounts and uh, promos and things like that. So check that out and, uh, you know, help us uh, keep things going on the uh, small independent business front. I sure appreciate you for listening to this show. It means so much to me. And uh, I just can't wait to do another one next week. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag VitalityRadioPodcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.